Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, all right. Welcome back to the show. It's Christine Jewell. I am so glad you're here, you guys. We are wrapping up 2023 at the time of this recording. We are wrapping up another beautiful year. So many gifts, right? We had Christmas. We are now in sort of that week between Christmas and New Year. For some of us, it's like, what day is it? Uh, for others of us, we're just like right in there planning and getting busy for the next year. Wherever you're at, I just want to share some things as I close the year out. You know, today I want to share 10 key lessons from 2023 that have really dropped into my heart, uh, revelation that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I've received this wisdom. And here's the thing about wisdom. You know, wisdom can be passed on one of two ways. Number one, it's the hard way. Lessons are generally learned the hard way. So the, a lot of this wisdom is earned, meaning I walked through the fire. They're not necessarily new lessons, but every time we expand, every time we grow, every time we go through another season, it's almost like we have to be reminded and those lessons get reinstilled in us over and over again until they really become wisdom that we decide to operate by. So number one, we can earn wisdom. We can earn it by walking through the fire, by going through that difficult time, those challenges that stretched us where God was just really working on our character, right? We were in a season of saying, claiming a new identity, claiming an upgrade. And then we had to go through the internal work, the reorganization, so we could actually become the man or the woman that could receive that next thing that we were maybe asking for, praying for, begging for, whatever the thing is. The second way that wisdom is passed on is through mentorship, through coaching, through shared experiences. You know, we get in these wisdom circles. That's why our sisterhood, the round table, our coaching groups, you know, as I'm really focusing on creating this round table for 2024, the idea of it is to have a wisdom circle, a group of men and women who gather together, who have earned wisdom through life experience, right? They've learned it the hard way through their marriage, you know, almost being broken down or being broken down and totally rebuilt. Their business is breaking down and having to rebuild reorganizing everything. And so when we get in these wisdom circles, we have such a beautiful gift that we can really receive from one another. If we come and we're just like, I'm just here, you know, what do I have to give? I'm telling you, you have so much earned wisdom that is a gift that if we can put those gifts in the center of a circle and we can actually be ones who put in the gift, right? Our own earned wisdom. And we also are able to receive some wisdom that we don't have to earn the hard way, but we can actually just receive it because we're open to saying, you know what? I don't need to get a total beat down to get this lesson. I don't need to be totally broken down. I'm willing to open myself up to be a student to say yes. And I'm going to start to implement this wisdom in my life today. So I don't have to a lose everything, have the health risk, have the, you know, the relationship go sideways, feel like I'm 
I'm about to lose my key people on my team, whatever the situation is. So one of two ways, we can learn it the hard way, that's earned wisdom, or we can receive it from those around us. Maybe it's, you know, family members, mentors, uh, elderly people. Sometimes children are the ones who bring us the best wisdom. And we're like, man, I need that wisdom of that child. I got to adopt that. So wherever you are, I'm going to share some wisdom from my own life that has been imparted onto me, lessons that I've gone through. And again, Mark and I were just talking about this and we're like, man, we can fill books. 2023 was a year where we really grew, we stretched. And it was in many ways, we're like, we don't want to repeat some of those lessons. God, we really don't. Um, but I want to share some some 10. I'm going to go try to go fast through these. I'll probably end up doing full episodes because I think there's so much gold in these. Some I may have spoken about before, but I just want to just go through this list and share 10 takeaways that I hope that before I even start talking, God, I just pray that whoever's listening, that their eyes be open, that their ears be open, that their hearts be receptive, that if you have a word for them in this moment, that they would really receive it, that it would pierce them, that it would stir something up inside of them, and, and that they would really receive these gifts, these pearls, uh, and be able to put them to practice in their own life. I do believe that there's something here for every single one of you listening, that you can receive you know, sometimes one person goes before us, they go through the lesson, they receive it, and then they get a blessing and now we can receive it. So I pray that whoever is listening to this would receive it with open ears, open eyes, open heart, open mind, and they would also receive the blessings from the wisdom, from the earned wisdom, that they also have the desire to implement it without having to walk through the hard path. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So let's jump in. Number one, you know, and again, I would encourage you before we even dive in that you adopt childlike wonder, a childlike faith and the heart of a student. It is so easy to listen to podcasts like this, to go to events, to jump on calls, whatever, read another leadership book. I love to read good books. I love lots of leadership books. I always have one on the go. It is so easy to get high and mighty on ourselves and be like, I already know this. I already know this. I don't need this. Like I'm way past this. It's such a dangerous thing. And that's why I'm starting here as number one. So listen, as if you are a student hearing this for the first time, wisdom and lesson number one is it is the little things, those little tiny foundational things stacked over time that make huge gains that make you or break you. It is the little micro things, the 1% shifts that you do every day that seem so insignificant that you're like, whatever, I can skip it. Whatever, I'm past this. I don't need to do that anymore. I'm way beyond that. They are the things that make you or break you. You've got to always be recalibrating, refocusing, recalibrate, refocus, readjust, realign. And we do that every single day, all day long in these micro readjustments with our thoughts. When they go sideways, we got to readjust our thinking, right? When our words go sideways and we're like, ooh, that just came out of our mouth. We've got to be so aware of what we're putting in our ears and what is coming out of our mouth, that it's moment by moment. Are we still doing the practices, right, of getting our head in the right spot? Are we doing our mindset practices at the top of the day? It's the simple things, you guys. I love that Zechariah says, do not despise small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. We know that we are abundantly blessed. We see the fruits of, of things stacked over time. Maybe it's your workouts, right? You have a habit, 
We are the sum of our habits. It's those workouts. You do them consistently every day. It's what we eat consistently. It's how much water we drink consistently. It's how much wine we drink consistently. It's what time we go to bed consistently. It's what words we read. What types of social media are we listening to? Are we, are we reading the word of God? Are we reading publications? Like, again, I use so much scripture now today, way more than I ever have in my life. And I'm going to give you a scripture for every single one of these, because here's the thing, as I have doused myself in the word of God, I'm a big immersion girl, right? When I go in, I go all in. And I have found that when I bathe myself, whatever you're bathing yourself in, whatever you give your focus and your attention to, you become. And I can tell you that when I immerse myself in words of life, in words of truth, in words of wisdom, in words of knowledge, it, they're just so life-giving to the soul, right? The, the word of God is living and it is alive and it is active. So that is why I include this. But here's the lesson. And I did learn, I know this, right? I know this because I've been a mindset coach. I've been a high performance coach. I've been in this athletic world. Like I've been teaching and doing this stuff for so long, decades, that it's so easy. And I saw myself go through this trap of getting caught up in the, oh, I already know this. I don't need to do this anymore. Just some little things around my health, right? I started getting lazy. I started skipping some of the little things and the little things that I would make me feel so energized and so clear and so focused and have so much capacity. All of a sudden I went through a season where I was like, what is wrong? I feel foggy. I felt really, actually, I had a season where I started to feel depressed and anxious and agitated. And I, it was crazy because it's so obvious and it's, and yet it's so subtle. It's so obvious looking back. It's so obvious from the outside. But when we're in it, we're like, no, I'm beyond this. I know this isn't it. It was the simple things. It was the simple things that stacked over time. And I want to say this too. It's the simple things in your marriage. It is the words you choose to speak to each other over each other. How often are you saying, thank you? I appreciate you. I see you. I respect you. I love you right? Thank you. Like really, or are we just, why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why are you doing it that way? Okay. What time are you coming here? Like our words shift, our tone shift. It is the little things that make or break your marriage. It is the little things that you stick in your mouth. It's the micro decisions bite by bite that determine what your body looks like and feels like. It is the micro decisions every day of what you choose to believe about yourself or, or not believe about your gifts, your talents, your abilities that will make or break you in business. I want to say this. Okay. Number two, you've got to dream bigger. The key lesson, the key takeaway. I know that I know this again, you guys, it's like, I know this, but then I'm always like, mind blow, mind blown. Because I realize as I take my clients through these exercises, coming off our visioneering, Mark and I are about to go away into the mountains again to kind of wrap up our year end review and really stretch because we started to dream again. And we're like, wow, we really realize how much we've been limiting ourselves. One of the exercises that I consistently give my clients and have to revisit over and over and over and over again is this, write down everything in your life that is a reality today that was once just a dream. Here's the thing. We've got to dream bigger. One of my key lessons from 2023 was Christine, you are not even beginning to scratch the surface. You have been playing in this limited small territory. I, I started to make a list of things, you know, experiences, 
our home, my marriage, where I live, the things I get to do, the people I get to do it with, the work that God's calling me into. When I look at how many things are a reality today that were just a dream, a vision that felt so far away, they felt so big, so far away, so impossible at seasons of my life. I'm like, there's no way. I don't even see, I, I couldn't see it. Okay. And that is exactly what faith is. Faith is believing in the unseen before we see it in the scene. So my key lesson from 2023 again was Christine, you are barely scratching the surface. You have got to stretch because look at how much has already manifested. It wasn't, it was the big things. It was the little things. There's no such thing as big or small in the kingdom, right? But we make we make things bigger than they need to be or smaller than they are when really it's just getting clarity, saying yes, and continuing to take micro alignments every day towards that thing. So whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever's dishonest, doesn't appreciate the little, will also not do much with much, right? We'll be dishonest with much. So the question is, stretch yourself, dream bigger, look around in your life and go, wow, look at all the things that are a reality today because I honored them, because I appreciated, because I kept showing up. And I said, I kept saying yes. And then maybe there's things in your life that you're like, why hasn't that manifested yet? Why hasn't that? Maybe the timing is off. Maybe your character's not ripe yet to receive that. Or maybe you are just not, um, you know, you, you're despising the small beginnings. You're not giving credit where credit is due. So I want to really challenge us. And I'm challenging myself as I say these words out loud that when I get away, I'm like, Lord, I want to start stacking yeses. Yes, I'm saying yes to this. Yes, I'm saying yes to this. Because I've seen it come to pass. And I know that there's so much more so much more available when we start saying yes, instead of looking for all the reasons why it's not going to happen or it's impossible. Number three. Okay. I want to, I want to just go back to that because I'm, I'm speaking scripture over this as well, because I want you to affirm it with the word of God, because when we say, okay, this is truth. This is ultimate resonance of truth, ultimate resonance of love. You know, we can be confident that who, he who began a good work in us will carry it to completion, will carry it to completion. If there are dreams and desires in our heart, there are God-given gifts to go along with those dreams. We cannot despise those small beginnings. We have to honor them. We may not see it all, how it's all going to come together. We may know, not see clearly what the next season of our business or, or our marriage or our health looks like. But if you have dreams and you have desires and you have gifting that aligns with that, pay attention, start meditating on that, start visualizing that, release the how, just focus on getting obedient and walking in alignment with those things. Number three, this is a big one. Unity breeds multiplication. Division breeds contraction. Let me say that again. Unity, getting united, unified on the same team creates exponentials, multiplication. It's the territory of multiplication. When there is division, there's people going in different directions, different visions, different ideas, different thoughts. I'm over here, you're over there, I'm on my path, you're on your path. It continues to create friction and contraction. Again, seems like common sense. Yeah, duh, of course. But let me ask you this. How many of you are in a marriage where it feels like you're going one direction, your husband's going another direction, or your wife? And maybe you guys are just going side by side. You're just like driving down the highway, but you're like in your own lane, doing your own thing. And you wonder why every time you try to get together, you're like bumper cars. You know, you just keep bumping into each other. Well, I'm going to say like, 
Mark and I have recently gone through a season of this, right? And we know it's a recalibration of our relationship. It's an upgrade of our marriage. And God is calling us to step into something greater together, even more unified in our vision, even more aligned in our values, even more clear on what we're actually here to do together. And yes, he's given us our own roles and our own lanes to run in, but really we can only do so much in that space. And I talk to a lot of people, a lot of couples, a lot of clients, a lot of just people in general that are like, man, you know, like I I'm trying and I'm trying to get him or her to buy in and they're not getting it. And I'm over here busting my butt for this business and she doesn't get it. She's not supportive or I'm over here trying to do this and he doesn't. And I'm going to tell you guys, I'm just going to be right honest with you. God is not going to abundantly bless the way that he could. You will not receive that crazy blessing on whatever it is, your business, your finances, your the life, your children, your generations, until you guys really decide that you're in it together, same team, because unification breeds multiplication. Okay. So if you're over here busting your butt, trying to come up with a million ways to get your business back on the rails, to figure out your profit, you know, your profit problems, to figure out your culture problems. If you are busting your butt, trying to figure out something else on the outside and the inside, your home is out of order you've got things upside down and inverted. In fact, there, I, I read something the other day, it was so good, I forget the name of the book, it was written by the, the founder of Hobby Lobby, amazing company, 50 years in business, the most profitable retail chain, totally doing things counterculturally and everything else, amazing story of leadership, amazing leadership principles. But he said in his book, he said, husbands, don't expect your prayers to be answered if you are disrespectful to your wife. That's actually a biblical verse. That's a biblical concept. If you are not honoring and cherishing and respecting and taking care of the woman, the crown the, that God has entrusted you with, that's your first order of business. Don't expect that he's going to go over there and bless your business because you've got things out of order. And by the way, ladies, it's also true for us. If we're sitting over here trash talking our husbands, we're complaining, we're grumbling, we're griping, and we're over here busting our butt in our business or whatever it is, don't expect all of these other things that we're praying for to get answered because we are not taking care of the main things that first we get to be entrusted with. So truly, 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 you guys, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything in my name, in the name of love, right? It will be done for them by the Father in heaven. For where two or more gather in my name, I am there with them. The power that is available in us, the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the empowerer, the, you know, is there and present when two or more gather in his name, his name, he is love, right? So are we gathering together and grumbling and complaining? Or are we truly, are we gathering together to try to get my agenda met? Like I'm here, but I'm actually just trying to manipulate you into selling you my idea and I'm trying to get buy-in from you. Are we really gathering together for the greater cause? And I want to share this because I have found myself through many, many seasons of my life. This is not the first time, but it recently crept up again. I've always had my own business. Uh, you know, I've always been entrepreneurial. I've had my own things going on. And so has my spouse or my partner at the time. And for most of my life, it felt like the two things were very competing, my business and their business, the attention that needed to go into my things versus the attention needed to go things, our events versus their events. Like it, and, and this is again, decades long, right? Because I looked at them as separate things, my business, my team, my people, my clients, my whatever, and, and his and his and his and his. And 
I got my things and he's got his things and then we got our things. And, and there's some truth to that. But something begins to really shift when you look at everything. It's like, look, these are all the people that God has entrusted us to lead collectively. These are all of the resources he's entrusted us with financially, uh, opportunities, people, events, right? How do we really serve well? How do we create an environment where we are really supporting each other and we have a different North Star where both of those vehicles, businesses or whatever it is, come underneath that, right? So this is, this is so important. And I hope that I'm articulating this in the way that you guys really get it. Because if we're so fixated on our thing and, and then we look at everything as their thing, we miss the mark completely. We are just settling for scraps. What is the greater umbrella that you guys can both get under that your individual things are there to serve it, right? That's what submission is. There's a greater mission. You're underneath that mission. That way you're not freaking out when something in one of the businesses goes sideways or there's a challenge because you can get together and you were like, okay, how do we really look at this from a greater perspective? Then we got to drop in and handle what needs to be dropped in, right? So unity breeds multiplication. You guys are in marriage. If you are in a relationship, you know that you know that you know this is your first order of business. I have yet to see one area where someone is really thriving and blessed and their health is doing amazing, their teams are doing amazing, their profits are doing amazing, they have great peace and their marriage is in shambles. I've yet to see that. If you know someone, please, like I'd love to meet them because that is just, that's a natural law, that's a universal law. Okay, number four. Uh, I'm going to have to bust through these. Here's lesson number four. You can do all the right things. Okay. You can do all the right things. You can pour all kinds of love into people and you can do all the things from such a good place, well-intended and still they will not receive it. Hard lesson for me this year. Whew. I poured my heart and soul. There were people, there were clients, there were things, uh, events that I really poured. I mean, Every ounce, I felt like I was just like squeezed, right? And I wanted to do so well and I wanted to show up and I was like, God, I'm doing this for you. And here's the thing, those people, they still sometimes will choose to not trust you, to question your motives, to doubt you. There, there will be sometimes drama created and you're like, what on earth? Where did this come from? Like, it, it feels like you're just getting, you know, in a boxing match and you're just getting your butt kicked in the arena and you're going, God, I'm doing everything that you are asking me to do. And these people are resistant and still there's language and things being spoken and, and it can be so discouraging and it can be so disheartening. Here's the thing, my lesson, when we make it about us, we get discouraged. It's easy to make it about us, right? We're pouring our heart into it. We're pouring our energy into it. We're giving our time to it. And it's so disheartening sometimes when we don't get that outcome or the results or the people don't see it. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your child. You know, I recently went through this with my son, my 18 year old. I poured so much love. I've made so many opportunities for him. You know, I created all, I, I made this like wonderful, Christmas and skiing and all of these things. And you know, he decided not to show up and it really shattered my heart. It really broke my heart as a mama. The, the mama in me, her heart was broken. And I started to get really just upset and, and bitter and, and just it started to really feel heavy around it, okay? Here's the thing that God reminded me, Christine, you do these things because that's what love does right? And when you really do it, you're not doing it because you, you're trying to get something from them. You're really doing it for, you're doing it for me. 
You're doing it in the name of love. And when we think about that, what is love? Love is patient. You're patient, okay? Patience also requires opportunity to be patient. Love is kind. When do you need to be kind? Just when someone's kind to you or kind when someone is not being kind to you? Right. I used, a, I used a, a story about a woman at, at a retail store that I was in in the last episode. And wow, she, this woman that was purchasing something was so rude and belligerent to the workers and was questioning and doubting everything this woman was doing. And this woman behind the counter was so gracious and kind and patient. And I was like, wow, this woman is pouring the love of God into this atmosphere because it would be so easy and rightfully so by the world standards to be like, nobody's talking to me like that, right? And you could fight back and you can digress. But here's the thing, love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't boast, it doesn't let pride take over, right? It doesn't dishonor others. Someone might be dishonoring you, but are you gonna stoop down to that level and now attack their character? It's not about self-seeking, it doesn't get easily angered. Love does not delight in the dark things, the evil things, but rejoices in the truth. It's always speaking truth. It's always speaking love. It's always speaking back joy in the atmosphere. Whew, that is a tall order, you guys. I'm not going to lie. That is a tall order. When we really think about what am I doing this for? Why am I pouring this much love, this much heart, this much energy, this much time into this thing for my child? Because that's what love does, right? Am I, why am I doing this for my clients? Why am I doing this for my team? Because that's what love does, right? And that's where we got to stay. We got to stay in that land. So this was a lesson to me that I got to know that I can be doing all the right things and pouring all my all of myself into a situation and someone may not receive it. They may turn their head. They may say things. They will do things. They will do things because of what's going on in their world, their wounds, their pains, their struggles. It's not about me. Is not about you. Sometimes it is something, so we want self-reflection, but it's not always about us. And we get to come back to what is it really about? I do these things because that's what I'm commanded to do. That's because that's what love does. That's what patience does. That's what kindness does. And that's who I choose to be in this moment. Big lesson for me, right? And I, I keep relearning that one over and over again. Not you know, it just, he keeps drawing my focus back. He keeps drawing my focus back to Christine. You keep doing that because that's what love does. Right. And, uh, and that, you know what that means? Sometimes your heart will hurt, right? Your, your physical heart, your emotional heart will hurt because you are doing the loving thing. Now you can still put boundaries in place. You can set standards, right? You could put loving boundaries that says, you know what? I'm going to continue to love you. I'm going to continue to be patient. However, and I'm also going to stop, uh, maybe giving things that get thrown away or whatever. And we can just hold a standard. We can put a boundary in place around maybe how much access someone gets to us or things that they speak to us. We cannot be available for that, okay? So I'm not condoning any kind of abuse or anything like that. Just notice where you start getting really discouraged because people aren't showing up the way you want them to when you're putting energy in. Remember that you're doing it because of who you are. Okay, number five. This kind of ties in. Do not put your faith in people or things. Because here's the thing, it's so subtle, right? And these go together, but they're separate. When we put our faith in people and we think they're the ones that are gonna come through for us, they're the ones that are gonna solve our problem. They're the ones that are gonna, you know, provide the miracle in our business, right? They're the ones who are gonna give the financial breakthrough. They're the ones that are gonna give us that one thing that we've been waiting for, that one introduction. When we start put, and I, again, believe the best in people. Yes, we want to believe the best in people. I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I want to speak life into people, but I keep my faith 
in God. So if that person falls through or that situation falls through or the money falls through, the deal falls through, again, I don't become hopeless and desperate. I go, okay, God, that wasn't the way. You're not going to deliver it through that means to that resource. People are resources, right? Businesses are resources. Like everything is, there are different ways that God delivers to us. So we have to be careful that when we put our faith and something begins to have that much power over us, that's idolatry. That becomes a false idol, becomes an idol, a little false God, and it begins to control us. So here's the thing. If you don't know, man, I don't know that I do that. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to ask you, what do you spend most of your time talking about? When you are talking with your spouse, you're talking with your friends, what is, what is the topic of conversation most of the time? Is it always, always, always about your children? Is it always, always, always about, you know, how much revenue is coming in or how much revenue is not coming in or what things are costing? Is it revolve around money? Is it always about what your husband did or your wife didn't do or what they said or what they didn't say and what they didn't do for you? Because now you're putting that person, you're putting all the power in that person's hands. Pay attention to what you fixate on. Fixating means you're thinking about it, you're meditating about it, you're, you're ruminating over it, you're speaking about it, you're spending all of your time and energy, you're staying up at night over it. So what are the things that are capturing your attention, your heart, your words, and that if they're going your way, your heart goes up, your energy goes up, everything's amazing, life is rosy, and when they don't happen, everything is horrible and dark and gloomy and nothing's working out. These are the things that you have made into little gods. And again, this was a lesson for me because I realized, I'm like, oh my gosh, I did it, I did And then again, they're so subtle. Sometimes it's like I put all my, I, put, I don't realize how much faith and power I'm giving maybe to my husband or to one of my children or to even a client or to a, a certain things happening by a certain time. We have to always be paying attention and recentering ourselves. Lesson number six, peace comes. <laughs> peace, peace, calm comes from being in the presence of God, being saturated in the spirit of peace. The Prince of Peace. Jesus is considered the Prince of Peace. True calm, a sense of calmness that you just can't explain regardless of what's happening in your world, regardless of what's happening with your children, regardless of what's happening in the economy. There's a different kind of peace that's not bliss, by the way, bliss. I know bliss too. I know being like, ooh, zened out and chilled out and all like zened out on my yoga mat or in a meditation class or in a retreat or whatever. That's different. I'm talking about a peace that surpasses understanding, that logic cannot explain, that washes over your spirit and your body. And there's just this like inexpressible sense of calm and safety. That only comes from being in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, the Prince of Peace. And God tells us this in Isaiah 55, eight and nine, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and your thought, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. When we are in the presence of God and we immerse myself in that God consciousness, and we allow our thoughts to become his thoughts, we have different thoughts. We have thoughts that bring peace. When we give him our heart and we say, come in and saturate my heart, really saturate my heart with your presence, with your love, with your peace, our hearts stop freaking out. 
about these things, they stop getting anxious. Our bodies, our nervous system begins to relax. Our spirit, our soul finds rest. So anytime that I have felt anxious this year, and I have gone through some seasons where my anxiety started to go through the roof, which was crazy because I hadn't felt that. Honestly, I had not felt that in years. Part of it was number one, not doing the small micro things that stack over time. So part of it was physical habits for sure. Other parts was spiritual habits, like not like skipping, skipping my prayer time, skipping my quiet time, skipping my worship time, skipping, you know, reading, skipping the quiet moments with my husband. We're just like skipping these things. And so I was out of the presence of God. I was out of the presence of love, out of the presence of peace. And so what happened was the thoughts began to change, right? My thoughts were not his thoughts anymore. They were like very low vibed thoughts. I started to choose some paths that started to go, well, there's friction on this path. And I would feel this tension of like, oh, I don't know what to do. And I, the confusion started setting in. So I want to be very careful that if I really say I'm choosing peace and I'm not going to compromise my peace, then I've got to always be checking in. Am I connected to the, the one who gives peace and gives it abundantly? And am I really making that a daily, daily protocol, daily thing? It's like any great relationship. You've got to spend time together. You've got to talk together. You've got to be in each other's presence to be really connected. And all of these things are tied because unity then, unity with the spirit of peace brings multiplication, more peace into my life. Unity with a spirit of dissension, of grumbling, of comparison, of looking and seeing what's he not doing right. Look, he's failing again. He's not doing this. That's going to breed more dissension and division. Number seven, a rich life means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Another lesson this year, you know, as I've been leaning into what does it really mean? Like, what is, what are the kingdom, what are the principles of kingdom wealth? And what does it really mean to be a wealth multiplier, a legacy builder? You know, I've been spending more time and thought meditating on this, studying it, speaking to mentors and leaders that are really, to me, living examples of this. And I've completely redefined what legacy means to me. You can go back and listen to that episode a few episodes ago. But a rich life means a lot of things to a, little, a lot of different people. People talk about what they meditate on 24-7. I just said this in the last, you know, is something you're idolizing, you know, you'll know by what you meditate on and fixate on. So the word says again, your, where your heart is, there your treasure is. I love to really study kingdom, heavenly richness, because when we look at it, um, and we were just watching the, oh, it's a wonderful life the other night. And remember that, uh, I forget the guys, Jimmy, I don't know, the Jimmy, the main character, the right, he's about to jump off the bridge because he thinks he has to declare bankruptcy. He thinks he's going to lose his business. And, you know, he's got this beautiful wife and a beautiful family and such a beautiful, wonderful life and all these people that he's touched. But here he is about to throw himself off the bridge because he doesn't know what he's going to do financially. He's about to lose it all. And he asked the angel, right? Like, you know, the angel comes, his guardian angel. And you guys know the story if you've watched it, but he asked the angel, like, give me some money. I need some cash. Like bail me out of this one. And, uh, the angel kind of chuckles and says, well, we don't deal with cash in heaven, right? We deal with different currency. And if you guys have watched the movie, you know what the currency is, right? The currency is love and relationships. The money comes 
to bail the bank out, but it's because his wife who loves him so much and the children are praying and they're reaching out in the community and they're gathering with our friends and they're saying, Jimmy needs help. Jimmy's not doing well. Let's pray for him. The bank's not doing well. And all of the people that he had helped, the relationships that he had cultivated over the years, all of those people came and they were just dropping money and money and money and money. And there was piles of it. And there was more than enough. So did the money come? Did the earthly thing come? Yes. But what was the real rich life? The relationships, right? The, the law, the prosperity. That means your journey goes well. The favor, the favor of the people, right? The relational success. So when you look at what is a rich life for me, you know, we're really like the, the word, the Proverbs, the book of Proverbs talk about many blessings of, of wisdom. And to me, a rich life is a life lived by wisdom now. And, and that means that we get honor. We get guidance, we get protection, we get long life, we get peace, peace in our heart, in our mind, in our body. We get restful sleep, right? We get, we can sleep at night. That's a rich life. We have rich relationships. The favor comes because we have quality relationships. That, that is such a beautiful example because what good is it, you know, for a man to gain the world but forfeit his soul? How many people have accumulated much physically tangible things, but they're super alone. They don't have any richness. They have to buy relationships, right? They have to buy their way in to situations. There is no divine favor. There's not a lot of respect and honor, in fact, right? There is sickness in their body. So this, there's no peace in their soul. So there's everybody's got their own definition of what a rich life is. What is yours? Okay. I wanted to share a few more as we move on here. And I know I'm, I'm going long, but number eight, well, with that, I'm going to go with number eight is giving goals are so much more energizing than getting goals. I want to say this, this was a huge shift for my, most of my life I have been focused. And again, I adopted the world system, right? It's like, we'd be growing, we'd be multiplying. What are you looking at? A lot of times you're looking at revenue goals. You're looking at what <laughs> profitability is. You're looking at what, what investments we're making. I mean, these are not bad things, but when we started shifting our focus this year, Mark and I was the first year where we really said, God, we want to give. And it didn't happen until about halfway through the year. I want to say this, our giving goal, we didn't set it till about halfway through the year. And I'm happy to report that at this morning on my little spreadsheet of our giving, we have beat that goal by about $1,500. And I will say it was a pretty significant goal of giving. And it wasn't just a couple hundred thousand or hundred dollars. It wasn't a couple thousand dollars. It was a significant chunk of our total revenue. And I gotta say, it felt so good. And I'm going to say this too, that even though my overall gross revenue was less this year than the year before, we gave more, we gave more abundantly. And also not only did we give, we were able to create some other things in, in our investment arena that we had been working on for years and years and years that just weren't coming together. And now this year it's like, boom, when we started to shift the focus and we started to give the fulfillment factor went way up. We started to see all these amazing people that we got to help. And we got to actually see the manifestation of other investment things that we wanted to put into play that we had been struggling with for so long. It's just like wild. It's awesome. So I want to share that, that giving goals are so much more energizing than getting goals. And uh, we are now, again, you give because you're a giver, right? A generous person will prosper. 
Proverbs 11.25 says, a generous person will prosper and whoever refreshes others will also be refreshed. And man, that is true. That is true. That is true. I've always given in the past, you know, we've given to charities, we've given to our teams, we've given, but this is like a whole other way of looking at the purpose of money coming into our life, blessings coming into our life. Like we enjoy it abundantly. We love our amazing life. We're really excited about sharing these things, these opportunities. Um, and, and as we step into where God is taking us, that is the exciting thing is like, wow, what does he want to do through us to really help other people? We know that we've got to receive generously in order to give generously. And we know that we've got to give generously in order to receive generously. It's a loop, my friends. Okay. Two more things I want to say with that intention plus automation, <laughs> automated action equals results. The intention for us, the heart was that we would be generous givers, that we would give a percentage of our gross revenue no matter what. Here's the second thing. That's great to have that intention. But the second piece is faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Things don't happen. And we're both visionaries. We're both dreamers. We talk a lot about things. Sometimes we beat ourselves up because we think we're not moving fast enough. But the reality is when we automate the actions, things manifest quickly, right? And I've known this from my past life, you know, when you automate things like, and you are consistently doing those small things, lesson number one, right? They start to multiply intention, the heart in the right place, plus automating the action equals exponential results. And this is how we got to this giving goal. This is how we got to this first investment goal. This is how we're setting all the structure up. So this is the first year I could say in a long time that I've gotten excited about spreadsheets again and about really creating solid structures that I resisted for so long because now I'm building the structure, the infrastructure for the things to really start to flow. And that is exciting. So I'm no longer resisting structure like I used to. Um, but I'm all, I'm looking around like, what can I automate? What can I automate? What can I automate with my heart in the right place? And we got to keep checking our intention, right? And then we got to celebrate, celebrate, celebrate those results. The last thing that I want to say here, and I know a lot of these feel intertwined. This is my 10th lesson is don't, Christine, do not get attached. Whoever you're listening, don't get attached to the how. Don't get all caught up on how is this going to happen? How, how are we going to make this happen? Stay connected to the what. What are we creating? What are you calling us into? What is the vision you're putting on into our life? What do we get to upgrade? What gets to go away? The what is the clarity. The how will come when you start to move in obedience. Any time that I've gotten discouraged or lost, kind of like turned around, like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. The vision's getting fuzzy. I'm not sure what to do. And again, I just come out of a season of this. It was because I was getting disconnected again from the spirit, from the what. I was getting too caught up in the how and the things that weren't working or whatever. And here's the thing. The step says here in Proverbs 16, 9, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but it is God that establishes our steps. So the steps come one at a time, at a time. The how is kind of always shifting and changing, right? We've got to move intuitively. We've got to be guided, but we've got to keep our gaze on the greater plan, right? So it can shift. The how can change. The timelines can change, but we've got to keep our head up and out. It's so easy to get caught up in the weeds, like what's happening right in front of you. And then you get so tripped up in the process 
that now you're like tripping over yourself all the time. So anytime I start to feel disconnected or I start to lose clarity, I'm like, what are we creating here? Wait a second. I, I'm losing clarity. I don't know what, what we're doing. I don't know what we're doing this for. I know that I've got to take a step back and I've got to get closer to God because God is clarity. God is the source of life, right? The source of inspira. Breath is inspiration. So I know I've got to get reconnected first. I got to get plugged in, right? To the place where clarity comes and I got to get my what clear again. If the what's not clear, I need time and space. I need a little bit of space. You can continue to take action forward. You know, you take action on what you know you've already been commanded to do. And then you, you keep going back to the clarity. So often we're trying to do all these other things, but the what, the one step has already been given to us and we haven't executed on it. So we're going and we're going and we start doing all these other things. And now we create more complexity. We create more confusion and we're running around in a circle when we haven't done the one thing, that one next step that we were given. So all of a sudden we're losing access to the clarity. It gets fuzzy because we haven't completed that one step, right? This is the, and I talked a lot about this in the visioneering uh, live workshop we did, which is now available as an online course. So you guys can get that because God works to us through call and response. He gives a call. We listen, we obey, we step in in faith. Then we get the next piece. We get ahead of ourselves, right? We don't want to do that thing. We want to do everything else. And then we start getting confused and we lose clarity. We got to go back right? So it's, it's like we're moving in tandem. We're learning to dance. We're learning to move. So these are my, these are 10 lessons from 2023 that were wisdom. Some of them were things that I already knew, but I needed to double down and like really get to know them at the next level, right? Sometimes we know things, but like we got to know that we know that we know them. Some of them were hard lessons that, you know, conceptually we knew, but Mark and I really needed to get our heads around these and get our heads together. Like the unification piece, that's a big one that's coming through. Like next level unity is required for the next level of what God wants to do with us together. That's a big one. And it there was a lot of friction. There was a lot of mm, resistance and it felt yucky and mucky. And we were kind of like going through this muddy time together going, what what is happening? And we were talking through it. But there was a lot of challenges that came with that. And it, it spurred many good conversations and new perspectives and new questions. And that's the whole point of why we go through these things, to change our thinking, to change our ways, to change who we are and how we show up. Guys, this, today's a long episode, but I think it was a beautiful way to wrap up the year. I want to encourage you to go ahead and, you know, today I want to offer that you you re-listen to this and like which one of these points is really hitting home for you what is your earned wisdom for 2023 that you're going to take into the new year so you don't have to learn it over and over and over and over again because you know what god has got a process he's got a lot of patience with us and he'll just keep letting us revisit that story that lesson over and over again until we get it mentally emotionally physically spiritually and we are in full alignment to move forward in a new way. You guys, thank you for being here. Happy, happy new year. We got some things to look forward to in January, 2023. We'll be launching the new, the rebrand of the, the podcast. Um, we'll be introducing some new formats. We're going to start with stories. I'm going to share some personal stories just to kind of reintroduce myself to those of you who are maybe new listeners and share some stories that maybe some of you don't even know. I have clients that I've worked with me for years that are like, wow, I didn't even know that about you. And I thought, yeah, you know, I got to share 
sum up some of my own personal journey of why I'm here, why what God's taking us into this coming year and why the really why it's so important that I be having these conversations, that I be sharing these messages with you and why I'm just like on fire about really restoring our relationships and getting things in the right order so that God can really multiply us um, to bring more good things into the world. So you guys have a beautiful new year if you're watching or listening to this at this time and we will see you in 2024. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.